You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and it is that time again to rank all of the teams within the USFL going from worst to first as we break down this past weekend's games. I'll give my thoughts and opinions, and again, we're going from eight to number one. I'll release them in pairs as we work our way through the ranking here, but make sure you comment down below. Let me know what are your power rankings? What are your thoughts and takeaways from this past weekend's games? I went two and two on my predictions, and I've got to say, this was another one of those wild weekends where the USFL just kind of seems to be like just flipping on its own head each and every single week right now. It's kind of been a little bit of a crazy couple of weeks at this point with just upset victories and teams getting on hot streaks that I don't think anyone really expected to see. The North Division is wide open right now with three teams at two and four being led by the Stars at three and three and If you were saying that the Stars would be leading the North Division a couple of weeks ago, everyone probably would have looked at you and called you crazy. So there is a lot to get into and a lot to discuss. So make sure you comment down below. Again, let me hear your thoughts and opinions. I'd love to discuss with you all. But let's dive right into the thick of things, shall we? Beginning with the two bottom teams, like I said, we'll release them in pairs with numbers eight and number seven at the very bottom of the USFL, sticking in the number eight position because I think at this point they are the definitive worst team in the league at this moment. We have the Michigan Panthers, and then right after them at number seven, the New Jersey Generals have fallen into the bottom of the barrel as well. Looking at the Michigan Panthers here, taking a loss to the Stallions where things got a little bit out of hand late in the game. They did somewhat keep it close, but it just feels like this is a team that has that has essentially just kind of lost all will to win games, especially when things get tough late. Trey Quinn continues to be a solid receiver for them on offense. I don't want to sit here and just completely rag on the Panthers. There is a positive or two here or there. Breland Speaks continues to shine on the defense as well, but ultimately the defense just cannot handle mobile quarterbacks at all. If it's somebody that stays more in the pocket because of how aggressive their pass rush is, they are able to get after the quarterback. But as soon as they start to get outside, things get ugly and they just start to, they start to fall apart. And I don't know what was up with the no spike thing before halftime. Ultimately, you lose out on three points because of it. Does it really matter? I don't necessarily know. You lost 20, what was it, 20-something to 13 off the top of my head. Can't remember. But, I mean, you're just looking at games being lost in... It's typically by multiple possessions, and it really feels like this team is kind of just worn out and has been beaten up to this point in the season, and I don't really envision a turnaround for them. It stinks because I really thought we saw a very different Panthers team the first couple of weeks, but since then, this 0-4 streak that they have going at home of all places has just not been great to watch from the Panthers' side of things, and I don't really see a way out of the darkness for this team. As for the Generals sitting at number 7, this is a team that feels like their offensive identity has just kind of been thrown out the window at this point. I will say going into this game against the Gamblers, I was interested in seeing how Kyle Lawletter was going to look for them under center. And while it was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, myself honestly included, because I wasn't really sure who was going to be quarterback one going into this game here, to see Kyle Lawletter under center as the guy to get the game going, 
you know, I thought that, okay, passing game looked a little bit better and a little more functional last week with Laletta under center. Maybe we see a more pass focus, but still be able to run the football type of team. And the running game just kind of fell flat on its face. And at this point now, you go from a team that was rushing for nearly 200 yards a game, it felt like, to you have Darius Victor going for 10 carries and 38 yards through an entire game. I mean, you have Darius Victor as your running back. He's one of the best backs in the league. And somehow, you, how are you getting the ball to him only 10 times on the ground and letting him finish the game with only 38 yards rushing? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Kyle Laletta had four scrambles for 24 yards. He nearly had... He had more than half the yardage that Darius Victor had. I mean, I don't really understand it. Defensively, this team continues to be one of the better units, and it's really unfortunate because I feel like I keep saying this about the Generals every single week, and why I still had so much belief in them up until this point was the defense has been strong, and they've been solid. They've held teams, and it's just the offense that has been struggling, and is kind of in a limbo right now, but... This past week was just not a great showing from them altogether offensively, and I feel like it kind of regressed more than anything else. It wasn't even like a wash. It was a no, we took a step back. So maybe we get back to DeAndre Johnson under center this next week, and hopefully they can get back to the to more of the trickery and the and you know relying on your quarterback to be able to run the football more effectively and open things up for Darius Victor because at the very least, they looked like they were a more functional offense when Darius Victor had DeAndre Johnson as part of the whole like rushing attack that they had going there. Now it just feels like teams were stacking the box. They knew what, to, or excuse me, teams, the gamblers knew what was coming. They were stacking the box. And it's this, this general's offense, just it lacks identity now. And it's really unfortunate. This was a ground and pound team that also could shut you down defensively. And now they don't have the ground and pound piece. They still have the defense, but at this point, it feels like the offensive side of the ball is kind of evaporating for the generals. And I hate that for them because that defense is again, so fun to watch, but things are not looking good for the generals right now. Luckily they're in a three-way tie for the second spot in the playoffs right now. And they're only one game back from the division leading stars. So some positives to look at. You still have a great defense. You just got to sort out this offensive situation you have going on here. Next two teams we're going to discuss here are numbers six and numbers five. At number six, pains me to put them here, but talk about just an absolute shock result from this game. I didn't expect it to be a high-scoring affair, and boy, was it not a high-scoring affair, but I did not expect it to go like this. The Pittsburgh Maulers are the number six team, and then sitting at number five are the New Orleans Breakers that I myself personally root for, and we'll get into that in a second. At number six, though, with a blowout loss to the Showboats, this is the first shutout of the season. The offense came to a screeching halt. Troy Williams did not look great in this game here. Three interceptions, offensive line issues, very, very apparent in this game here. Even like the play call trickery that they've kind of had going on the last few weeks that, that has kind of made this Mahler's offense look a lot more functional was not working against the showboats. They were sniffing everything out and then some. It felt like if it wasn't like, you know, a two, three, four, five yard loss on the play, you were getting stuffed right at the line of scrimmage. It just felt like nothing that they could do offensively mattered against the showboats defense that has really started to catch its stride. 
and the special teams woes. You know, everyone was talking about how great Chris Blewett was doing, and he was doing a good job, but then he goes 0 for 2. You have the 109-yard kick return touchdown, or field goal return touchdown, the kick six, as everyone's calling it here. Defense continues to be the identity for this team, but that was one of the more jarring and unexpected results offensively that I saw from a team at all this season. I I understand, you know, the Mahler's offense has been a little bit of like a, a shoot from the hip kind of style of offense, I would say. They're very, very wild group with the way they did everything, but the Showboats just had absolutely none of it, and the Mahler's this game looked a lot more like the Maulers from last year offensively than what we've been seeing the last few weeks. So some big offensive concerns there. And again, those offensive line issues that they've been dealing with, when you kind of got away from some of those trick plays and the read options, RPOs, whatever whatever it was that they were calling, if you were just straight up trying to drop back and pass or just in any simple run formation, it feels like they just can't get anything done. And that is a problem because once the trick plays stop working, you can't really do anything else at that point. And I'm very concerned about this Mahler's offense right now going forward, the offensive line especially. As for the Breakers, at number five, this is quite a drop, but one that I think is a little bit overdue. And I probably should have had them lower so that this drop wasn't as steep as it was from last week's last week's power rankings to this week's power rankings. I'm super disappointed in the way this game turned out against the Stars, and I left the game walking away with one simple question. Is the offense of the Breakers broken at this point? They've only scored 40 points in their last three games compared to the 105 that they had in their first three. This offense, since playing the Generals, has just come to a screeching halt, and it is something that I'm again, really starting to get concerned about here. I don't necessarily know what happened because they went from firing on all cylinders and clicking at every single level to McLeod Bethel Thompson has come back down to earth a bit and he is playing more like the McLeod Bethel Thompson from the NFL than the CFL and the offense is just, they're not able to finish drives. They've been struggling on third downs. I, never mind even finishing drives, just even maintaining drives. I, you can't even get far enough to say finishing a drive because their inability to keep the ball moving and keeping those chains moving. I am i don't know what to make of this Breakers team right now because they're 4-2, and two, but when you look at their offensive play the last three weeks, it feels like they're 2-4. and four. And... Again, their defense has been great, and it continues to be great. And they're honestly a big part of why this team is still 4-2. and two, And they've been in these games despite their lack of offensive production. But this is a team now that's 0-2 and, and has lost back-to-back weeks now to, to teams that nobody saw coming. And you had a very winnable game here against the Stars. And you could not come away with it. I'm worried... Thankfully, you have a defense that can hold you up, but there needs to be some soul searching done this week and corrections need to be made offensively. And I feel like the breakers just need to take a hard look in the mirror and find the team that was averaging like 30 some odd points a game and get that back. Because again, your defense is way too good. There is way too much talent on this team to look the way they have. And I had them at number one last week, and I've dropped them down to number five. And like I said, in hindsight, 
probably should have had them at like number two, maybe even number three last week. So this drop didn't feel so massive, but I am very, as a Breakers fan and as somebody who is just covering the USFL and as a fan of the entire league, concerned about the direction this offense is heading at this point. The next two teams that we're looking at here coming in at numbers four and number three at the number four spot coming off of a very big victory and now two straight wins and a much needed two straight wins to take hold of the North division. We are looking at the Philadelphia stars at number four and the Memphis showboats on a three game winning streak now at the number three spot. Very fitting. If I do say so myself, the stars, like I said, Back-to-back victories now at this point have seized control of the North Division. Defensively, it has been a phenomenal couple of weeks for them. They had the four turnovers against the Generals last week. You hold the Breakers to only 10 points this week. Offensively, still some kinks that need to be worked out, but despite their struggles, they're at the very least getting themselves into range with an excellent kicker in Luis Aguilar. He's able to knock in the majority of the field goals. He has what, like one miss in his last 12 attempts, 11 attempts, something like that. I mean, the guy has been absolutely bananas for this team. I was, and and again, offensive struggles, yes, but this week, I will say, a little more promising. The one thing that I really took away from this game that I was really happy in seeing, and it was something I talked about when I previewed their game against the Breakers, was trying to get some of your playmakers more involved. And I feel like you saw that with Corey Coleman, but you saw it especially with Matt Colburn. It felt like they were making it a point to put the ball in his hands and get and let him make plays. Matt Colburn is an excellent running back. And for the last few weeks, I feel like has not been given quite the opportunities he needs to, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield to make plays. He can line up behind the quarterback and just, you know, go right up the middle if you need him to. He can play between the tackles. Wherever you need him to go, he is an excellent running back. And to see them lean into them or lean into him this week and you come away with a victory ultimately just solidifies my belief in him. So keep giving the ball to your playmakers. This Stars team still has, again, some stuff to work on, but right now, two-game winning streak. You have the North in your pocket at this moment here with the rest of the division kind of struggling to muster up wins. Stars are in control of their own destiny right now, and you're coming off of a massive victory over a Breakers team that, again, a couple of weeks ago, teams looked at as like the definitive number one team despite a loss to the Showboats. Now is your time. Figure it out on offense. Again, continue to just get the ball into your best player's hands and keep feeding Matt Colburn. I feel like this team operates so much better when the ball is in his hands and they need to keep doing offensively. That is, and they need to keep doing that if they want to be successful in finding their way into the playoffs this year. As for the showboats at number three, massive shutout victory over the Maulers. This defense, if there was like a, a mid season award for like most improved It has got to go to this defense. And sometimes the most improved award can be taken as kind of like a shot from being, oh, you know, you weren't that great before to here you are now. But no, they are very deserving of this award in the most in the most complimentary type of manner for them to go. And, you know, you let up 42 points against the Stallions. I mean, you were people were scoring at will on you the first three weeks of the season at 0 and 3. Everyone, myself included, was writing off the showboats as the worst team in the USFL. I'm pretty sure following week three, I had them ranked as the number eight team, and they were probably sitting at the bottom of the barrel for the majority of my rankings since about this week. But coming off of 
your third straight win now. You completely shut down a Mahler's offense that was really starting to catch fire. It felt like Troy Williams had become the answer. Hell, I was even saying that Troy Williams was starting to look in a sense like Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. Not saying that he's as good as Lamar Jackson, but the offense was really geared around Troy Williams and, you know, he could run with his legs. He could throw the football fairly well. You were basically building your offense around what Troy Williams could do. And they basically just took him and flat out eliminated him from the game with the three interceptions, Troy Warner, Quentin Meeks, Kyrie Woods, all coming away with the ball at some point during the game. The secondary has really stepped things up. Derek Dillon had the 109-yard field goal return for a touchdown. That was lightning in a bottle and, and pretty much like the dagger into the heart of the Maulers. Because once that happened, it kind of felt like, okay, there's so much momentum in the showboat's favor right now. How do you not come away with a victory in this game? Then Juwan Washington. And this is the other thing as well. They're finally starting to find a semblance of a good rushing attack over there. And Juwan Washington is a big reason for that. He had 20 carries for 71 yards. It was only a 3.6 yard per carry average, but enough that you're continuously getting working your way close enough to getting a first down at least like every few runs or so. That's exactly what this offense needed because while Cole Kelly continues to I would say play steady, he hasn't really like lit the world on fire, but he's not He's not bad by any means. I feel like he's very middle of the road right now. He's taking pretty good care of the football. He's making throws when he needs to make them. But the fact that you finally found a running back who is starting to thrive in your offense here, really like where things are heading for the showboats. And again, we are in a position right now. Did not expect to see them here. I can't believe I have them at number three. But after three straight victories, following their first one, after their week three loss, I I feel like it could not be more fitting than having them in the number three spot. And then for the top two teams in the USFL, and I'm really excited to talk about number one here, but we got to get through number two first. At number two is going to be the Birmingham Stallions. And then at the very tippity top, at number one, we're looking at the Houston Gamblers. The Stallions, big victory over the Panthers. Like I said, the game, a little bit closer than you kind of wanted it to be going into the fourth quarter, but a couple of touchdowns got you right where you needed to be with a decisive victory over a Panthers team that just kind of continues to struggle and drop games left and right. But Alex Magoo, at this point, has got to be the front runner for MVP. He has just been so consistent with his good play. He's had something here or there. Or like, I will say this. He has been by far the most consistent MVP candidate so far this season, but I'm not going to sit here and act like there hasn't been like a quarter or two here or there that hasn't looked great, but it's football. You're not going to be perfect. Everyone has a flaw to their game, but Alex Magoo from week in and week out from the first whistle to the final whistle puts together just unbelievable highlight real plays. And at this point, the Stallions offense feels like it almost lives and dies by what he's doing over there. He was 19 of 24. He had 133 yards and a couple of touchdowns through the air. He also ran with the football 11 times for 82 yards and a touchdown. But it was that strong finish towards the end of the third quarter and through the fourth quarter that ultimately put them over the hump. And If anyone deserves MVP chance or MVP consideration right now, it's got to be Alex Magoo. This whole team has been a battle-tested unit of just, you know, 
multiple injuries all over the football field and everyone's dealing with them, but it feels like the Stallions have been really dealing with it. And for this team to be four and two where they are, they're right in the thick of things in what is a very stacked and competitive South division right now. You have three teams sitting at four and two, and then the team that's all the way at the bottom is sitting at three and three. You have quite a horse race right now. It really feels like we're going to have a team that's going to be above 500 in the South that misses out on the playoffs because of the way the playoff structure works. And that's unfortunate, but that's how sports seem to work out these days. But ultimately, this has been a bend but don't break type of defense. They've done an excellent job despite the injuries they've dealt with. Offense continues to find ways to get the football into the end zone when it matters most. Alex Magoo's on an MVP run. And listen, I understand if you want to argue the Stallions to be number one. But, and all pun intended on this one here, I am currently all in on what the Gamblers are doing at this point in the season. You're looking at four straight victories, which includes a very, and I know it was a bit controversial victory last week over the number two Stallions, but regardless, four straight victories. Nonetheless, this defense, the offense has been phenomenal all season long, but has really picked up with Mark Thompson in the fold. And for them to not have Kenji Bahar last week and pull out the victory that they did, and then you have Kenji Bahar come back, and you get into a game that's a defensive standoff with, again, a generals team that they're offensively really struggling, but the defense is rock solid and one of the best units in the USFL right now. You went from allowing 86 total points through your first three weeks of play to now only allowing 46 points in your last three weeks of play. The defense this past week had two sacks, four tackles for loss. They were credited for seven breakups in the secondary altogether with an interception as well. This is one of those defenses that if you're offering the most improved award, another unit that deserves that consideration as well. Both the showboats and the gamblers, serious rebounds, and it's like night and day when you look at the defensive units and how well they've played the last few weeks here. But the gamblers deserve all the praise in the world because this is a team that kind of early on, things were shaky. Again, turnovers after turnovers the first few weeks. The defense was just letting everyone score, and they've tightened up. They've gotten it right, and at this point right now, the gamblers have a legitimate shot to run away with this division here. A couple more key victories in some games. You, Realistically speaking, you need a win over the Breakers, and then you need another win over the Stallions, and you can lock up this division here. The Gamblers have the running back to do it. As long as Kenji Bahar continues to play clean, sound football the way he has the last few weeks that he's been playing, and I am starting to feel at this point that he's going to do so, First few weeks were ugly, but since then, they've looked awesome protecting the football on offense. A defense that has found itself. There is a lot to like about this Gamblers team right now, and I have a hard time arguing them as not the number one team. So let me know your thoughts and opinions in the comment section down below. How do you rank all eight teams in the USFL? Give me your thoughts in the games and everything this past week. I would love to hear from you all, but that is it for me. I appreciate you if you stuck your way all the way out to the end of this video. I'll catch you all next time. Have a good one.